Hey everybody, this is Matt Ardman with the Reese Nerd Podcast right here on CKCC Radio. Hopefully you are enjoying not just this show, but our plethora of other programs here in our little community of shows. Whether it's the Motivational Moose with Adrian Cotton, Jay Bunny's Music Hub, or Ranking Tracks, or the Stupid Sexy Simpsons Podcast, or the show that started it all, the Club Cafe Russell Talk, or even the brand new program coming out. Uh, the first episode is already dropped of The Nerd Table with CKCC founder Chris O'Mealy and his friend Eric where they talk everything nerd. So hopefully you're not just checking out this show, but you are checking out all the other programs they have on there. Uh, like and subscribe to them. Like and subscribe to them. I, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Today, uh, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, hopefully you are liking and subscribing to them on whatever podcasting platform you use, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. (sighs) That's a lot to say. But I do have a lot to say, because we got a lot to talk about. We got uh, teams rolling out their throwbacks for the Southern 500. We have Tony Stewart's thoughts on Kyle Larson and his reinstatement. Uh, We also have Silly Season, always being silly, because it is that time of year. You want to get stuff lined up for 2021. We have the Indy 500 coming this weekend. And a lot more. But first, we've got a Pop Quiznos. In 1994, NASCAR held its first ever race at the Indianapolis 500. Can you name the two former Indy 500 drivers in the field that made the race? There's two of them. One of them should be kind of easy. The other one, not so much. But we'll get to that. Uh, And we'll get to a lot more. Uh, But we got a lot to talk about. As I said, uh, first, the Indy 500 coming up this weekend. uh, With Marco Andretti sitting on the pole. Uh, 33 cars were entered and all 33 will be making the race. So it kind of made day two of qualifying bump day. Kind of made that a non-factor. But it was cool to see the Hondas and the Chevys really mixing it up. Uh, obviously, Hondas got a fast car. They, they seem to put all their eggs in one basket when it comes to Indy. Uh, and certainly with Andretti Motorsport, they, um, they, they, they loaded the gun with both barrels. Uh, Marco is up there. I, I don't think they have a driver that far down in the starting order uh, for any of the Andretti or Andretti-related cars. 
the fastest Chevy in the field was Ryan ZK. His last name is ZK. <laughs> um, the the young Netherlands driver, the rookie, uh, will start fourth in a Ed Carpenter Chevy, the f the only Chevy to crack the fast nine, and the the Penske drivers, the uh, the Penske contingent uh, for their boss um, and owner of IMS and the IndyCar series, Roger Penske, he. Uh, his teams didn't fare so well. Um, they're starting mid to backpack. Uh, that includes three-time Indy 500 winner Helio Castro Neves, uh, who is making a rear start in the IndyCar series, trying to get that illustrious fourth win uh, that will put him in some rarefied air with Al Unser, Rick Mears, and of course AJ Foyt. Uh, Will he be able to do it? Will the Andretti's um, be able to celebrate in victory lane? Uh, will Marco Andretti be able to shake the Andretti curse that has haunted that track since Mario's lone Indy 500 win in 1969? Uh, all those stories will be playing out uh, at home or on the radio because you will not be able to get into IMS uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, this will be a very unique Indy 500, uh, an Indy 500 run with no fans, which has already upset a lot of the fan base. Um, not so much that they would be turned away, but a lot of them have, are very, very, uh, how should I say, steeped in tradition. Um, as for over a hundred years, there's, this track has a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and this race in particular, uh, so we won't have any snake pit. Back home again in Indiana, probably won't be at the track. Uh, no balloons. It's going to be a very, very silent Indy 500 uh, without all the fans. And for a track that could bring in probably a quarter of a million people, it's going to be quite silent other than the engine. So it's going to be something. Um... NASCAR has their weekend with uh, a doubleheader in Dover, Delaware, both Saturday and Sunday. And the Xfinity and the trucks will be racing on those concurrent days. Actually, I believe the trucks race on Friday, if I remember the schedule right. But they've got a full weekend in Dover, Delaware after coming back from running the road course at Indy, uh, not Indy, at Daytona, the other world-famous track here in the U.S. Um, I'm trying to think who won the truck race. Oh, Sheldon Creed, uh, former uh, Stadium Super Truck Series champion, picks up his second career win in NASCAR's Truck Series. Uh, then you had 
Austin Sindrick, who his name has been floating around out there for a cup ride. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, picks up his fifth win of the season, tying him with Chase Briscoe uh, for the series leading uh, this the series win total lead uh, for the season. Uh, Sidrix has certainly been on fire the past couple of weeks. And Chase Elliott once again puts his name in the record books as the first ever uh, winner at Daytona's road course in the Cup Series. Uh, so, we got all that. Um, and we got some news on a, a couple of a couple of drivers. Um, one of them in particular, Austin Dillon, uh, who was forced to sit out the road course race at Daytona uh, due to testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, has been medically cleared to race this weekend in the doubleheader. Uh, he last minute was um, uh, tested positive and had to sit out and was replaced by rookie Kaz Grella, who made his first career cup start and actually did a very admirable job finishing seventh uh, in the Dow well, American Ethanol, I apologize. The American Ethanol uh, Chevy Camaro for Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Grella, who has only run a handful of races this year, is a developmental talent for RCR. And and it was it was really, really, really cool to see that because I, I think that he has a lot of talent. He won a truck race on the super speedway at Daytona a few years back. Um, should have had a couple of more wins, um, especially at Mosport where he was dumped on the last lap for the lead by Austin Sindrick, ironically. So, it was good to see that. Um, another driver who found their name in the news is Eric Jones. Uh, a couple weeks back, we talked about Levine Family Racing uh, pulling the plug at the end of the season. Uh, their charter has been sold. Uh, it was sold to Spire Motorsports, the 77 team. And all their equipment, their cars, and their engines will be going back to Joe Gibbs Racing as their uh, partnership uh, will end. Uh, leaving their driver Christopher Bell out of a ride. Now, it wasn't that long after that that the shoes started to fall. Uh, first, it was announced that Eric Jones will not be retained in 2021 by Joe Gibbs Racing and will have other options to look for. And just two days after that announcement, was the announcement that Christopher Bell will be moving into the number 20 Toyota Camry that is currently run by Eric Jones and that is where all the silly season rumors at least on the cup side have kicked up uh, first there is 
Eric Jones who is out there looking for a ride. Uh, there's the possibility that Clint Boyer maybe either retiring and moving to television or um, staying for one more year with uh, Stuart Haas Racing where he has been with since 2017 and there's also rumors that the 48 the list of candidates for that ride have been narrowed down, uh, including some rookies like Noah Gregson and and others that are on that list. Um, you know, and the 48 is a very, very coveted ride for many a driver, uh, being Jimmy, that being Jimmy Johnson's car, the seven-time champion. And we'll get we'll get to Jimmy's plans for next year in a little bit. Uh, had to take a swig of Pepsi. Anyway, so as the current rumors are going right now, it looks that with Jones out of the ride, that he can either go to the forty-eight car uh, that's currently run by Johnson, or be moving to. If I got the rumor right, a, a possible uh, second car um, that's believed, well, the, the second car that's currently driven by Ryan Priest for JTG Doherty Racing, the Brad Doherty co owned team, uh, and Priest moving out of the Xfinity Series on up to Cup in a GoFast Racing uh, Ford Mustang as GoFast and Stuart Haas Racing have a partnership and that Briscoe would be one of those would be moving up and taking the spot currently held by Corey LaJoy. Now this begs the question, where does Corey LaJoy go? I think Corey would be one of those guys that um, that would go, I don't want to say to another underfunded team or an even keel team, but I see him going to a possible ride at, um, at Spire Motorsports, you know, helping solidify some kind of sponsorship with them for the season. Um, and then there's also the rumors that the other two albatrosses are that Bubba Wallace may be leaving Richard Petty Racing, where he has brought a lot of sponsorship. And, you know, Bubba has certainly been a major uh, storyline throughout the 2020 season, both on track and off. And there was a rumor that uh, one of his sponsors and partners McDonald's who also has a sponsorship with Chip Ganassi and the 42 car uh, might have an opening after with Matt Kenseth 
apparently leaving after the end of the 2020 season to go back into semi-retirement. Um, that that ride may be open or that he would stay with Richard Petty Racing where he already is a partial owner of the team which I did not know uh, and that he would be offered a more ownership of that team more of a percentage uh, so I think that's a I think that's a big one um, Jones could possibly land in the 42 car for next season uh, shore up some sponsorship and I, I don't think that's a bad idea, with especially with Kurt Busch getting older in years. Um, he only wants to run a couple more years. Um, I, I foresee that that would be a good spot and possibly bringing um, Ross Chastain into the fold. Or Chastain could get the 42 and Jones could go somewhere else. Um, there is um, Justin Marks, a former uh, Xfinity and ARCA driver uh, who had gone on to opening a motorsport, uh, motorsports go-karting complex in North Carolina. Um, he is looking into ownership. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the team. It's track track master or track horse or something like that anyway that he will be opening a team uh, for the 2021 season uh, I'm assuming that would be in possibly in a partnership with Ganassi uh, which can make the possibility of of all that and then there's still the whole aspect of what happens with Kyle Larson? Kyle has inquired about a return to NASCAR uh, and has met all the qualifications for reinstatement. Um, if you remember back around Easter before any racing was starting and they were doing iRacing, uh, his, he let out a, a racial slur um, while talking to a friend not realizing that he was on an open mic and was subsequently lost all of his sponsorship and was dropped from his ride. Uh, Kyle, who has certainly um, gone through all the Everything that was asked of him for NASCAR, not only NASCAR, but in the world of Outlaws, uh, has been having a dominant season, uh, racing on the dirt tracks, and has uh, hasn't formally, according to NASCAR, hasn't formally um, indicated that he would like reinstatement, but has inquired about it, and uh, it gone on record with Tony Stewart who is getting on NASCAR about getting off their ass quote unquote in reinstating Larson 
Now, which begs the question, everybody knows that Tony Stewart is very, very high on Carl, uh, Kyle Larson and had actually approached Larson uh, about joining his SHR stable and will that be an option in 2021 there there's only two drivers currently under contract for next season at SHR and that is Kevin Harvick uh, who is currently leading the points and the young rookie Cole Custer who will more than likely always have a career at SHR uh, due to his father being the head of competition for the team and being close personal friends with team owner um, not Carl Haas, Gene Haas. Carl Haas was the IndyCar owner and partner with Paul Newman for Michael and Mario Andretti's teams back in the day. Um, anyway, so we have all those openings and now it's going to get really interesting to see who goes where, see who gets the 48, see where, what happens with Larson, what happens with Bubba Wallace. Um, there's been some rumors that have been really out there like um, Richard Petty Motorsports moving to Toyota and Denny Hamlin owning a stake in that team. Uh, it's not as far-fetched as some of the rumors that we used to hear back in the 90s about drivers switching teams. I know one in particular really got me way back when is that when Dale Earnhardt retired, he wanted to start his own team, which he did prior to his retirement. And the one person that he would pick to drive for him was his one of his greatest rivals, Jeff Gordon. Um, I know that had been floated around out there for many a year. Eventually, Dale did open up his, build his cup team, and I think it did well with his son and others. Um, they have a couple Daytona 500 wins and some ridiculous amount, but I, I think he would have had to have brought the boatload to, uh, to make that deal happen to get Gordon. But, like I said, there's some rumors out there that are just crazy, and there's some that that are just might work, you know? Who knew that there would be a rumor that uh, that Paul Newman would become a part owner of a team, and eventually that team failed, but left an opening that brought up this kid from California. A uh, kid that won 93 races. Uh, but, anyway. Moving on. Before we get too silly with silly season. Uh, we have some Daytona uh, Darlington schemes uh, that are being rolled out. Uh, they're rolling out late this year. I think due to the pandemic. But, um, there, there's, a, there's some really cool ones. One of them was announced... On the Dale Jr. download, uh, which this week had Jimmy Johnson, Richard Childress, and Richard Petty on it, um, all three to 
talk about Jimmy's throwback, which is honoring both the... Sorry, had to take another drink. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, Jimmy is honoring both the other two... Uh, the other two drivers who are seven-time Cup Series champions with a throwback that incorporates both Richard Petty's STP car and Dale Earnhardt's GM Goodrich uh, Chevrolet. Uh, really, really cool piece. Very well done. Um, other cars that have been announced. Uh, the first one was... Clint Boyer throwing back to Kyle Petty's uh, peak antifreeze uh, car that he raced in 1990. The Hendrick Motorsports stable will be running out three different designs uh, based after various points in Jimmy Johnson's career. Um, Chase Elliott will be running one with Jimmy's uh, rookie paint scheme. Alex Bowman will be running one with the 2006 paint scheme, the year that Jimmy won the Daytona 500, the Brickyard 400, and the championship. And William Byron will be running one with the in the colors and design of Jimmy's 2013 All-Star Race win. Uh, other cars, uh, Kevin Harvick will be throwing back to the Bush series um, with Bush, obviously Bush as a sponsor and will be based after Bush Beer's late 90s early 2000 program I'm not really a fan of that to be honest um, then you have Brad Keselowski and Daniel Suarez throwing back to early in their careers and their uh, championships Keselowski throwing back to his 2010 Xfinity uh, Nationwide Series Championship with uh, Discount Tire, the same sponsor that is now currently on his cup car. And Daniel Suarez uh, throwing back to 2016, you know, because he's had such a... Sorry, Twizzlers. Um, I'm eating Twizzlers and that has nothing to do with Daniel Suarez. But anyway, um, Suarez throwing back to 2016 when he became the first foreign-born NASCAR Torrent Series champion when he won the Xfinity title. Uh, other ones that have been announced are Josh Balicki, who will be driving the number 7 car for Tommy Baldwin Racing, uh, throwing back to Tommy's father. Tom Baldwin and his number seven modified car that ran for many, many years in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, 
trying to think if we've had any other ones that have announced besides the ones we've already talked about with Matt D. Benedetto throwing back to the the paint scheme of the Wood Brothers car that Tiny Lund won the Daytona 500 win uh, where he was tabbed to drive after saving regular driver Martin uh, Marvin Ponch's life. That right there is a story in itself. Um, maybe maybe we'll cover that when we get towards Daytona next year. That is certainly one of those moments in the history of Daytona Motor uh, Daytona International Speedway. Uh, really can't think of any others that really stand out. I know Michael Annette on the Xfinity side is throwing back to team owner uh, Dale Jr.'s Oreo car uh, which actually was a favorite of mine uh, the Oreo car that he ran for DEI in conjunction with Richard Childress Racing uh, at Daytona in 2002 um, you know in a part time deal so, um, I know there's a couple that I've seen that haven't been announced, like Corey LaJoy honoring uh, Ernie Irvin with a throwback, uh, not Ernie Irvin, I apologize, uh, Dale Jarrett with, the, with a Mac Tools uh, inspired paint scheme uh, based off of Jarrett's Mac Tools uh, number 32 uh, Ford that he was running in the early 90s while he was still driving for the Wood Brothers on the cup side or Robert Yates racing on the cup side I apologize I'm getting them all confused tonight or today or whenever you're listening I am just confused anyway so Looking forward, I know more will be released as we head towards Darlington um, on Labor Day, which is only just a few weeks away. Two weeks, week and a half. So, we'll have we'll have some coming up. You know, I'm sure there'll be a lot more released. Um, I know there's been a couple leaks out there that haven't been 100% accurate, so I can't really speak on those. It's easier speaking on silly season um, than it is speaking on these, but we have a a couple of other little tidbits. Um, first off, uh, thoughts and prayers to Dom Lagana, uh, the top fuel drag drags drag racer in the um, NHRA. Uh, Dom was in a car accident off track um, and was seriously injured. Uh, the NHRA family is really rallied around him um, with the phrase Lagana Strong and showing their support and trying to help him and his family and whatnot. Um, the SRX, the, the uh, Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham owned 
well, created series, I should say owned, um, founded series, founded series sounds better than created, uh, anyway, uh, we are officially halfway through the announced drivers, as of right now, we have Tony Kanaan and Paul Tracy, who were the first two announced, we also have Bobby Labonte, the 2000, uh, Cup Series champion, uh, has officially been announced. Tony Stewart has, which I don't know if Tony's running the full six races or if, as Ray Evernham was talking about, that they were going to have some all-star teams with drivers just filling in here or there. Um, but I picture Tony as one of those guys who would want to compete in all six races. Um, being a racer and a promoter and co-creator of the series, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but Tony has been announced. Which brings us to... Uh, Helio Castro Neves is, has been announced. So we're at five. I thought we had six. Anyway. We're, we're halfway through the announcements, and, and I, I see it's kind of leaned more towards the IndyCar guys than the, the NASCAR guys, which I think was the whole point of the, of the series. Hold on while I go on to uh, while I go on and look this up. Um, Tony was the first one. I apologize. So it's oh, Tony Stewart, Tony Kanon, Paul Tracy, Bobby Labonte, and Helio Castro Nevis. So there are only five. For some reason, I was thinking that there were six. But um, I, I expect to see some other names on there. I know Greg Biffle was one name that's been thrown around. Robbie Gordon said, hey, you know, he'll uh, he'll hop in and do it if Tony were to hop into a uh, stadium super truck. So I wouldn't rule that out with either one of them because they're both got that competitive racing fire. Um, so it would be interesting. You know, maybe we'll get some IMSA guys um, and whatnot. But I just definitely think that that's going to be a really, really fun series to watch. I've said it before and I'll continue saying it. That's going to be the series to watch uh, in 2021. You know, maybe they'll be so successful that they may expand it to 10 races, possibly 12 uh, for 2022. But I, I think they got a great foundation with a great list of drivers so um, other little tidbits uh, I think I hit them all huh well 
because I kind of I kind of covered the, a lot of that in the uh, silly season talk this week. Um, but you guys are probably waiting for an answer to the trivia question uh, at the beginning of the show. I asked. What were the two former Indy 500 winners who were in the inaugural Brickyard 400 at the Indy Motor Speedway? Uh, the first should should be a no-brainer, and that is the man who, as a driver, owns the Indianapolis 500, uh, is a four-time winner, and is one of the most respected names in American Motorsports, and that is Anthony Joseph Foyt, A.J. Foyt. And the other is a man who uh, is a former Indy 500 winner and a former Kart Series champion, and that would be Danny Sullivan. Matter of fact, Sullivan, um, that was the his first... Cup Series race, his first NASCAR race that he had actually qualified for as he tried um, a couple of previous attempts early in the 1994 season. Uh, he made his first attempt and would later try to later attempt the race uh, with sponsorship from Checkers, uh, the burger joint, in 1995 and failed to make the race. Um, so, we have that, um, a couple of things, um, possibly, starting the next couple of weeks, we may do some more, some Patreon episodes, um, if you noticed, our last episode, uh, that came up was the sponsorship show, that was supposed to be a Patreon, but somehow, in the, in the shuffle, I lost an episode and the sponsorship episode went up in its place so I'm working on trying to come up with ideas for that you know and I'm still want to do some watch alongs for the Patreons of CKCC radio and um, give, give them some fun content you know maybe maybe I'll bring on a guest or two to watch some of these races with me they're gonna be rather short you know Maybe an hour, hour and a half long episodes, uh, you know, to, to try to keep you guys from being bored. Um, if you like watching, you know, watching a movie with ridiculous commentary tracks, like, um, oh, God, I can't, uh, Deadpool had a really funny one, or was it Deadpool 2? Anyway, uh, if you like that, then I'm sure you'll enjoy this, um. You know, we'll either have fun during it or we'll completely shit on a race. You know, one of the two. Um, other things, I want to take a deep dive into uh, certain races in history. You know, talk about them and just kind of pinpoint that one race and all the stories around it. Um, I have one in mind and that's actually the inaugural Brickyard 400. Um, because there are so many storylines in that race and in, in that whole lore 
of stock cars coming to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that I, I feel that one deserves its own episode. So we'll, we'll look for that and a couple of others. You know, I got some other things planned. Um, I definitely want to do uh, an episode with Chris O'Malley where we talk racing and wrestling and how they all combined and we talk Mike Flight. Uh, so, anyway, um, with that said, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.